Today's episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by State Farm. When you need a game plan for protection, State Farm agents are here to help. With personalized service, agents are available to talk in person, over text, or through the State Farm app. So go with the one with coverage and agents you can count on. Find an agent in your neighborhood today. State Farm. Talk to an agent today. Today's episode is also brought to you by Drinkworks Home Bar by Keurig. Much like a premium espresso machine, but it makes cocktails instead. Drinkworks pods are made with premium spirits, real ingredients, and natural flavors. They have the premium spirit. There is no spirit stronger than the spirit of two-time Super Bowl MVP Eli Manning, who's, again, starting for the Giants. It's a great world. And (laughs) the Drinkworks Home Bar also has natural flavors like the tears of Eagles fans as they will be crying when Eli Manning beats them on Monday Night Football and knocks them from the playoffs. I will be celebrating that win with a Drinkworks home cocktail, preferably with the Eagles fans' tears. There are over two dozen different drinks to choose from, so there is literally something for everyone, including the Eagles' tears. The drink maker creates bar-quality cocktails freshly made at the push of a button. The only way to get the amazing Drinkworks home bar with exclusive savings plus free shipping. Go to drinkworks.com, use our promo code RINGERNFL, that is R-I-N-G-E-R-N-F-L at checkout to save $50 and get free shipping. Don't wait. This amazing offer won't last, and it's only for our listeners. That is drinkworks.com, and use our promo code RINGERNFL, R-I-N-G-E-R-N-F-L at checkout. And remember, please enjoy responsibly. Drinkworks Home Bar is currently available in California, New York, Florida, Missouri, Pennsylvania, and Illinois with more states available for pre-sale today at drinkworks.com. Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined as always by my co-host and my co-Danny, the hero we need and the analyst we deserve, the Dark Knight himself, Danny Kelly. <laughs> How are you doing, DK? Oh man, I'm doing so well. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Elon Manning's back in my life, and it all makes <laughs> sense again. It's wait, like, is this a good thing? It's a great thing. What is? What are you talking about? Oh, it's man. like a, just an old friend. You never. It's like, it's like Stockholm syndrome. It's like the yeah. end of Shawshank Redemption. Morgan Freeman came back to the beach. I never thought I'd see him again, and here we are. It's incredible. <laughs> it's w- amazing oh to gosh. have time with an old friend. You Giants fans are crazy. Uh, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? It's two Super Bowls. Eli Manning has brought me more joy to my life than any athlete has to the entire city of Philadelphia. Wow. Well, just saying. Okay then. Craig, how are you doing today? <laughs> Who's brought you the most joy in your your life? I think I'd rather have read from Shawshank start for me than Eli Manning. This week. <laughs> kind of nimble, like bagging all those groceries. Sure. Probably more mobility than Eli Manning in the He's pocket, tall, probably. Lean. It's tough. A lot of grit. Tougher than Eli, that's for sure. Eli Manning had the longest streak of consecutive games outside of Brett Favre. So are you leading? Eli Manning's pretty tough. (laughs) Eli Manning never missed a game in his fucking career. If there's anything that Eli Manning is, it's tough. How dare you? But 
I tend to agree with Craig on this one. Are you going to lead Go Big or Go Home with Eli Manning? We'll get to Eli Manning. That's for the Galaxy Brand <laughs> segment. Galaxy Heart. I All knew right. this was going to be in there. We're going to run through a bunch of players we like in their matchups this week. We're going to break down our lineup of the week at the end. But first, we're going to run through some categories. First up, Go Big. DK, who's an expensive player you think is worth the money this week? I'm going with Derrick Henry of the Titans. Uh, our new favorite player, I think, on this podcast, he's, he's he's up there with Leonard Fournette, I think, now. And he's going up against Oakland this week, 9100 bucks. so he's obviously pretty expensive. But I think he's he's well-deserved. Uh, he definitely deserves that price. He, since week seven, 119 rushes, ranks third, 724 yards, ranks first, 6.08 yards per carry, first, seven touchdowns, first. 135 PBR points, second only to uh, Christian McCaffrey, who is just on pace to still on pace to break all-time records and scoring points. So what Henry is doing is outstanding. And historically, he he tends to heat up as the season goes on. So I'm expecting even more, you know, kind of as, as the weather gets colder and, and people want to not tackle him, you know, less and less. So <laughs> I'm just really excited about Derrick Henry. That, that was like tr- triple negative. I didn't know exactly how that worked, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, no, you're Oakland right, so tackling tw- people in the cold sucks more than tackling people <laughs> in room temperature. <laughs> really annoying. I mean, it's like, you know how you know how much it hurts to kick a football when it's like freezing out? That's like, imagine Derrick Henry just running through you when it's freezing out. I don't think those things are similar, but yeah, no, being cold <laughs> makes that worse. You know when you were a kid and you'd play football in the cold and the football would hit you in the ear and it was like the worst pain on the planet? <laughs> like you couldn't yeah. catch. Oh my God. I, mean, I just <laughs> can't imagine. football hit you in the ear? You've never heard of that when your ear gets hit in the cold and it hurts? That's Why a thing. Why were you not looking? Oh my God. DK, this is what we were talking about earlier before <laughs> the pod. Gone off the rails. God forbid Heifetzers agrees with <laughs> something. I'm just, I'm just asking questions, man. I like to ask why. What can I say? Okay, let me get this train back on track. Oakland, 22nd in the NFL against opposing rushes per fan duel scoring. The Titans' identity, very clear. Henry is the foundation, and then everything that they do kind of works off that ground game. They they love to throw play action. Ryan Tannehill, we're going to talk about him a little bit later. Um, I do think there's a good chance they're going to have a positive game script in in this game, which means they'll feed Henry a lot. So, Bottom line, love it. Love the volume. Love how he's running right now. He's just unstoppable, and I think he's going to get better as the season goes on. So, man, that one that that one turned into uh, quite the journey. But yeah, Derrick Henry, ninety one hundred. I was going to talk about Ryan Tannehill later, but since you brought up the Titans, let's just do it right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> since Tannehill took over as the starter in Week Seven, Titans are five and one. They are third in points per game with twenty nine point seven. Wow. Titans are first. In yards per play, six and a half. They are first in rushing touchdowns with 10. And they're second in yards per attempt. Oh, sorry, rushing yards per attempt. Since week seven, Tannehill is the number six quarterback in fantasy football. But he is the 18th most expensive quarterback this week. Even though they're playing (laughs) Oakland, who allows the fourth most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Don't really understand why. The pricing just hasn't caught up yet with Tannehill, I think. Or maybe people just don't trust him yet. I love Tannehill this week, and I also love, by extension, the Derrick Henry pick. Yes, yeah. absolutely. We're, we're, riding, we're riding the Titans this week. You know, it might blow up in our faces, but I really like it on paper. It just makes a lot of sense. Just thinking of Remember the Titans, it's like, the Titans were greater than the gods. Craig. Who's expensive and worth it for you this week? I'm going with Nick Chubb. They're playing the Bengals this week. Uh, other than Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb has the most rushing yards in the last four games. Um, 
Even with Kareem Hunt back, it has not affected Nick Chubb's rushing attempts. It has affected his receiving targets a little bit. He averaged four per game before Kareem Hunt came back, and now he's only averaging 2.5. So not too bad. They got Cincinnati this week, the worst run defense in the league. Baker got a hand injury. He's practicing in full. I don't know if that affects him. I'll get to that a little bit later. The Browns have a really easy season, uh, or (laughs) easy rest of the season. They got the Bengals twice, and they got Arizona next week. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of like good stats, bad team stuff going on with the Browns. So I really like Nick Chubb this week. I think he could probably set his touch record of the season. He's got, I believe, 27 is his most rushing attempts. I could see him doing that again. Love Nick. Love Nick Chubb. Whenever I think of the Browns and the Bengals, I think of how Hugh Jackson and Hard Knocks had the Browns earn their stripes, even though in their division there's another team in Ohio that wears orange who's based on Tigers. <laughs> That's all I can think about when these teams play now. Earn your stripes means just get traded to the Bengals? Yeah, I have no idea. And now he uh. works for the Bengals, so maybe that's what he meant. I have no idea I used to. Uh, <laughs> my God. DK, flipping sides. Who's someone's yeah. too rich for your blood this week? So I'm avoiding Travis Kelsey, tight end for the Chiefs, going up against New England this week. He's 7,100. Uh, from my dude, Henry, Henry McKenna, Patriots B-Rider, Bill Belichick has absolutely raved about Kelsey this week. He said, call Kelsey whatever you want. He's one of the best receivers in the league. He's good at everything. He's big. He's fast. He also creates space for others. He's smart, very smart. To me, that tells you that he's going to do whatever he can to take Kelsey away. Um would not be surprising if they ended up putting Stefan Gilmore on Kelsey quite a bit in this game and then bracketing Hill with a couple other guys. And so anyways, bottom line is I'm just a little bit leery about what Travis Kelsey can do against this very good New England defense. Um, I'm just kind of going somewhere else for tight end this week. Uh, you know, obviously Mahomes is is amazing, but he has put together two straight sub 200-yard passing games. It's just we just haven't seen the Chiefs firing on all cylinders offensively lately. You know, obviously they just did come off of like a 40-point game, but... <laughs> yeah, they just they just fired on all cylinders in the 40-point game you speak of. Yeah, he had... It, he, Mahomes had less than 200 yards passing in that game. Yeah, but they have 40 points. He didn't need a pass. I'm just talking about fantasy points here, Danny. So that's my only worry, you know, racking up the fantasy points. Kelsey, I, don't, I just don't know if I'm, I'm trusting him this week. I, the Gilmore thing makes sense, bracket or just putting Gilmore on Kelsey and then bracketing Hill, but I'm also hesitant to roll with Belichick says because he's also talked up like Brock Osweiler. Isn't that standard procedure for the Pats where they put their best corner on usually the number two guy and then they double the number one guy? No, Gilmore's been on the number ones. Gilmore was on Amari Cooper against Dallas. I think the difference is that Tyreek's so fast that Gilmore's very fast, but no one can cover Tyreek Hill one-on-one and that they'd rather. Also, he'll burn them in that. Uh, last year's game when there was like 43 to 40 or whatever it was in the regular season. Yeah. He'll absolutely crush them in that. So it would make sense if they want to devote more human beings to him and then have Gilmore on. So DK, do you do you like Tyreek Hill? Do you like any Chiefs? You don't no. think the Chiefs are putting up points in this? Because I, I, I just don't think they're going to rack up tons and tons of yards and points in, in, in terms of the fantasy, you know, numbers. Um, it's, it's impossible to predict exactly what Belichick is going to do in terms of game playing, but that's just kind of my theory that maybe that they'll put Gilmore on him and then Bracket Hill. So we'll see, but I'm just kind of avoiding that match. I agree week. with what you think they're going to do, but I actually think the Chiefs could actually have a huge game because, fun fact, the Patriots under Bill Belichick, he's been coached for 20 years, the Patriots have given up seven games where they've given up 40 points. Three of those seven are to Andy Reid's Chiefs. Yeah, that's, that's actually a good point. It seems like there's always this random Chiefs blowout. And that does not include the AFC Championship game where they scored, what was that, 37 or whatever, 31 points, no, 31 points in the second half, and then 
Mahomes didn't get the ball in overtime. They also only had three drives. So I think that for me, my question is if the Chiefs can have possession in this game, I think the Chiefs are actually going to have a lot of success on offense. I think it's more that will the Patriots be able to run the ball enough that they keep Mahomes off the field like they did when they only had three drives in the first half of that championship game. Maybe this will be a Sammy Watkins week. (laughs) Shout out to Josh Hermsmeyer for starting his article and established the run this week with Sammy Watkins is hot floating garbage. (laughs) Here's my question though. Here's my question. Back to my point. Travis Kelsey is the most expensive tight end on this slate. Is that something that you're willing to go big on? No. Oh, that's a good point. No. All right, so you know what I agree with you. That's kind of like where I'm coming <laughs> from. All of that. He's like, oh, wait, this is about building a FanDuel lineup. Okay. Right, you know I what? Do, you right, know what? Yeah. I do think it is, it's an important discussion, and it's interesting. I'm, and now I'm more excited to watch this game. However, I'm still staying away from Kelsey. All right. I feel you on that. Anyone, <laughs> anyone else you're kind of reticent about? As a little bonus, Dalvin Cook of the Vikings going up against Detroit this week, 8,700. In theory, this is the perfect matchup because the Lions are terrible against the run this year, and um, you know their defense just has not been strong. But the Cook shoulder injury definitely worries me going forward. And, I mean, how surprised, I guess, would you be if he came into this game played in the first quarter, got dinged up, and then just didn't play for the rest of the game because they have a good backup in Alexander Madison. He's done well in the past when they needed him. And I don't know. I just I just don't know how much I trust that Cook is going to get a full workload in this game. And for 8700 that's basically I'm just going to a different running back for that kind of price. And that's happened with Cook. Last year, he got hurt, tried to play, got hurt in the middle of the game, left and didn't come back. This is a catastrophe for Dalvin Cook owners coming into the first week of the playoffs. Yeah, it's brutal. I don't know what you do. I mean, I guess you have to start him, but assuming you're in the playoffs, that would mean your roster is somewhat deep. You have good players. Like, if you could only start Alexander Madison or Dalvin Cook, who are you starting? (sighs) Cook, but but I wouldn't blame you to play Madison. So he's the third most expensive running back this week on this slate. And so, yeah, I'm just worried about that in general. You know, I, I just think the Vikings are going to play it safe with him with his injury history, you know, going back the last couple seasons. Obviously, he's been healthy this year for the most part, but I don't know. I, I just don't think they need to really push it, you know, with him this week. Especially against Detroit. I mean, if they get up quick, I, I don't really see the need to keep him in too long if you're yeah. expecting a long, deep playoff run. Maybe this will be the week for you and Mike Boone, DK. <laughs> Redemption. Redemption is spelled M-I-K-E. Best ability is availability. You know who's been available <laughs> this year? You know who's, who's been that? there? Leonard Fournette. Oh, yeah. Second Our in the guy. league in touches. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this week for Leonard Fournette because at first I thought he was too rich for my blood. And I'm just, and you know what? Then I kind of changed my mind, but I kept it in the segment. Leonard Fournette, <laughs> first of all, I discovered something very important about him. On his Twitter, his background is literally the Michelangelo, Adam, and the creation, like God creating Adam in the Sistine Chapel. But instead of Adam, it is Leonard Fournette in an LSU jersey. For those of you who don't know that painting, it's the, with the, the two people with the fingers touching. It's, it's become a meme on Twitter. It's Fournette touching God. I think hand. that might be the oldest meme. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> but anyway, Leonard Fournette, amazing. Second of all, Leonard Fournette showed up on Josh Hermsmeyer's Air Yards model that established the run this week. Quote Josh Hermsmeyer, I have no idea why Leonard Fournette is doing on this list. <laughs> I became obsessed with this, spent a large portion of my Thursday morning looking into this. First of all, did you guys know Leonard Fournette pass catching back now? 
maybe the league's best. He had nine catches last week. He's had like double-digit targets in a few games. Since week eight, Leonard Fournette has 43 targets, which is second among all running backs and only two behind Christian McCaffrey for the league lead. Since week eight, (laughs) Leonard Fournette leads all running backs in receptions since week eight, 37. The whole damn league. He has 241 receiving yards in that span. That is third most and zero touchdowns in the receiving game. So we spent so much of the first half of the season talking about he was getting so much volume but had no scores, so we had one score, that he was going to have touchdown regression in the rushing. Leonard Fournette receiving touchdown volume, regression, positive. It's coming. Also, Wait, as a— so- is this are you are you going for Fournette or is this too rich for his blood for your blood? Oh, I actually changed my mind on this. Sorry if that wasn't clear. So you you are touting Fournette. I'm okay. touting Fournette. <laughs> this is just out of place. Okay. Yes. Cool. Because cool, I changed my mind on this while I was down on him this week <laughs> against the Chargers. No. And no. then I changed my mind. And I wanted to take everyone on this journey. To be clear, me. you want to play Fournette. I want to I want to play Fournette this week. Okay, got it. Got it. <laughs> A little confusing. <laughs> Other thing I noticed, Leonard Fournette is second in the league in yards after contact, 682. To put 682 yards after contact in perspective, Aaron Jones has fewer rushing yards all year than Leonard Fournette has just after someone's hit him. (laughs) He's second also in yards after contact per attempt. So he breaks a lot of carries. He's also eighth in PFF elusive rating, which is about avoided tackles out of 35 guys who have more than 100 carries. That's just because people are diving out of the way. He's actually <laughs> not even juking people. People are running away from him. Just so bumper here's the, car, remember? You know who dives out of the way a lot? The Los Angeles Chargers. Third in the league in missed tackles. 97 missed tackles this year. That's all I need to hear. I like Leonard Fournette a lot after God, just not give me some t- Give me some touchdowns, Fournette. I really, really... Yeah, I'm with you, but I, the touchdown thing this is, is frustrating. The one. I wonder if he just had like a normal touchdown total. I'd like to do the math where he'd be. If he had like, I don't know, seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns this year, would he be the number one running back? I mean, I feel like you could do that he'd right be, now. Not, he wouldn't be more than McCaffrey, but he'd be really close. He'd be we, like up there. Let, let's go to Goldilocks and then Craig. Let us let us know. <laughs> okay. DK, who's your Goldilocks this week? So not, not too pricey, not too cheap. Uh, Joe Mixon, the Bengals, uh, 6,700 going up against the Browns. He's the 15th most expensive running back on the slate. So right in the middle, kind of. It almost seems a little bit low to me. He scored 15-plus PPR points, or half PPR points in four of his last five games. Going up against Cleveland, who is a middling defense against opposing running backs this season. Getting Dalton back into that offense should just make it work a little bit better. Uh, I'm just a little bit bullish on Mixon going forward. He seemed to kind of broke out of it. He, he's break, broken out of his slump from the beginning of the season, which has been nice um, for people that were patient with him all year. And yeah, I think he's just kind of, he, he's that middle range guy. It, the price makes sense to me. And I think he'll, you know, be a solid, you know, middle range guy. Sweet spot. Are you at all worried about Craig's love for Nick Chubb and the Browns dominating this game and Mixon not getting too many touches? Well, I think he could still be used in the passing game. I mean, obviously he hasn't done it a ton this season, but he's he's got that skill set, so that gives him a little bit of a floor. But, I mean, yeah, there's, there's definitely that worry a little bit, but in, in this price range, I like him a lot. And just looking at how bad the Bengals have been all season, he still has produced, so he kind of has shown that he already has a little bit of a touch floor, regardless yeah. of who they play. Somebody that has a new touch floor. And this is why they're my Goldilocks for this week. Tight end Jack Doyle on the Colts. Colts are playing the Buccaneers this week. Doyle is the seventh most expensive tight end. Kind of like the bottom of like the second tier of tight ends this week. 
I really like Doyle this week and the rest of the season. T.Y. Hilton is still out with a calf injury. He may not return this year. Um, Eric Ebron, other Colts tight end, is on injured reserve uh, with ankle injuries. The Colts have been throwing to Doyle and Ebron whenever they're both in the same game. It's so infuriating to try to guess who's going to get the ball. But when they're not, when only one of them is in the game, it's actually pretty linear how those targets are distributed, which is not always the case. Last year, when Eric Ebron thrived when Jack Doyle was out. In the six games Eric Ebron had with Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron had 22 targets, which is less than four per game. In the 10 games Eric Ebron played without Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron had 88 targets, so almost nine targets per game. So double the volume when Doyle was out. Like, it actually was that he just got all of Jack Doyle's targets. <laughs> Yeah. Last week was the, f- now Eric Ebron's out for the season this year. Last week was the first time Jack Doyle played without Eric Ebron. And you know what happened to Jack Doyle without Eric Ebron? 11 targets, six catches, 73 yards and a touchdown. Tied for the second most targets of Jack Doyle's career, which is like seven years old, and the fifth most receiving yards of Jack Doyle's career. The first game he played without Eric Ebron, I mean, in the last two years. So I think Doyle could be a number one tight end without Ebron in the lineup. And they're going against the Buccaneers this week. Buccaneers allow the second most fantasy points to tight ends after the Cardinals. I, I, it's a great matchup. Yeah, this is the Doyle that I was expecting from the season. Obviously, you know, before Andrew Luck abruptly retired, but, you know, he's been kind of disappointing overall. Uh, and getting getting Ebron out of there gives him a big opportunity to kind of finally come through. So, yeah, this is exciting for Doyle. I like this one a lot. If you don't want to get Doyle, but you want a Colt, Zach Paschal is probably like the best re- option as a receiver. He could have a big week. But a tight end, I like Doyle, man. Craig, well, first off, how, what's, is, would Fournette be the number one running back? Uh, if Fournette had 10 touchdowns this year, which the top five guys have over 10, he'd be the RB2. Wow. Mm, damn it. Yeah, that's so frustrating. We love letting Fournette. That's in half PPR, by the way. Anyway, speaking of good receivers like Zach Pascoe, I'm going with DJ Moore as the middle range sweet spot. (laughs) Uh, On the Panthers, he's 7,100 bucks, which is the 15th most expensive wide receiver. In the last four games, not many wide receivers have been better than DJ Moore. Um, In those four games, he's led all receivers in air yards. He's second in fantasy points in standard leagues and third in PPR. He's had 100 yards or a TD in four of his last five games. And the one game that he didn't, he had 95 yards. He's kind of completely taken over as the number one guy for Kyle Allen. In the first yeah. four weeks of the season, DJ Moore had 31 targets. Curtis Samuel had 31 targets. In the last four games of this year, DJ Moore has had 47 targets. Curtis Samuel, 26. So he's completely cemented himself, and he's still a little bit cheap for what he's for the value he's returning. And they're playing Atlanta, who's given up the eighth, eighth most points to receivers this year. By the way, DJ Moore is 22 years old. Do you think DJ Moore is like a legit top 10 wide receiver? What he's doing for his age is really impressive. I think he's absolutely on his way to being a top 10 receiver. And yeah, I mean, he's done this the whole season with a backup quarterback in there too. And I mean, Kyle Allen has not been great. And so I just think the fact that he's able to do this with a backup quarterback at 22 years old, which is a lot of, like a lot of rookies are that age right now. And so... I mean, he's just ahead of the game. I think he's absolutely going to be a star yeah, if he well, isn't already. One of the primary reasons so many people were in love with Chris Godwin before this season was how he performed last year when he was 22. Because, I mean, if there's one, like, panacea statistic to for breakout receivers, it's basically, are you meeting, like, a certain threshold of competence at, like, 21 or 22 years old? That would juju right. Chris Godwin and DJ Moore is, like, next on the list. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, like, all the guys that do, all the guys that produce at that age 
it's like crazy the consistency at which they go on to be really, really good. Like stars. Love DJ Moore. All right, let's keep rolling. But before that, let's talk about the Google Assistant. This time of year, the weather starts to play a major factor, especially in the passing game. So we always like to see what the forecast is going to be for the big matchups. Thankfully, the Google Assistant is here to help. Hey, Google, what will the weather be like in Buffalo, New York, this Sunday at 1 p.m.? In Buffalo Sunday at 1 p.m., it'll be 43 and mostly cloudy. The Google Assistant is ready to help you get more done with just your voice in the car, at home, and everywhere you take your phone. A little help, hands-free. Just say, hey, Google, to get started. All right, let's go. My favorite podcast segment and probably the best podcast segment in the entire world. Galaxy Brain Play of the Week. Craig, blow our minds. Okay. I don't know if this is like incredibly Galaxy Brain, but I'm going with Odell Beckham. Remember him? He plays football. <laughs> Who's he, that? He used to be pretty good. I blocked his number. So Odell Beckham had like three catches for 25 yards last week. He's been terrible. Super disappointing. Baker Mayfield hit his hand on a Steelers helmet. He's in pain. Odell's got a groin injury. I'm Yeah, there's like on paper, none of this makes sense. Um, it's funny because when so the Giants traded brain. Odell Beckham, I had a groin injury. That's how it felt. <laughs> a kick to the groin? <laughs> I'm going with Odell this week. So Odell's best two fantasy games this season have come against crappy teams, the Jets and the Dolphins. They're playing the Bengals this week, a notably crappy team. I think Odell <laughs> is kind of like Zach Levine now. Which is a horror. I feel bad. I mean, like, c- great job, Zach Levine, and terrible job, OBJ. Is he a Chicago Bull? Yeah, he is. That I'm conflating these two. But I think he's just a good stats, bad team guy. But in football, that kind of turns to like good stats, bad defense, you're playing guy, where his numbers really aren't that terrible when you put it all together this year. He, he's on pace for 76 catches for almost 1,100 yards. It's not that bad. He, it's just not, you know, the Eli Manning Odell Beckham days that we're so used to. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. But, I don't know. Odell hasn't really, like, if, if you're watching Red Zone, when did they ever switch to an Odell Beckham, cr- like, crucial catch in, like, a big moment? I feel like that hasn't happened once this year. His numbers haven't been terrible. He just hasn't been important. But right. he's number two in the man we just mentioned, Josh Hermsmeyer's Air Yards by low model this week. Um, I hope that his groin injury in Baker's hand drives away suitors. They got an easy schedule the rest of the season. I think... Uh, I think this is going to be Odell's best game of the season. 6,800. He's really cheap. I like it. So your galaxy brain is that Odell Beckham's been good against bad teams and the Bengals are bad? This seems really normy to me. Baker's, no, no, no. The ba- galaxy brain, I, I, I can explain this. The galaxy brain is he's been bad. Baker's hand is injured. And there's just a lot of reasons. And he has a groin injury. There's a lot of reasons to avoid him this week. It's kind of like the Sutton thing last week. No one is scrolling on Fandle and stopping on Odell and going, ooh. Okay. You could just call this, maybe it's just super contrarian or this something. This is contrarian, not, no, but we sense. got rid of that category. No, he had three catches last <laughs> week. What I mean, what else do you need? This, I mean, it could still be Galaxy. It, it, the guy doesn't have to be like Charlie Whitehurst <laughs> and you'd be like, I'm starting him this week. Like, <laughs> that's not what this means. Yeah, we're going to have a low hit rate if we do that. <laughs> All right. I'm sold. Okay. I can never hate Odell Beckham. I lied about blocking his number. <laughs> I would love to see. Speaking of people, I would love to see out of nothing but pure nostalgia. My Galaxy Brain Play of the Week 
Eli Manning against the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, this is Monday Night Football, so if you're doing DFS with him, it's a Monday Night Slate. You don't need Carson Wentz. You need Eli Manning in your lineup. That's what you need. Why? Well, look, are the Giants... <laughs> Why? And is Eli Manning 10-20 and 20 against the Eagles' lifetime? Yes. Has okay. he looked absolutely horrible? Yes. I have no fantasy advice or, like, analytics or numbers or reason to give you here. This is He's a gut well call. Rested. This is 100% emotion. He's well-rested. This is just, like, I have a feeling. And you know what? So does every Giants fan alive. We all agree. The Giants are going to win this game, and Eli Manning is going to have one more game where he looks incredible. And it will be on Monday Night Football. I have nothing to back this up, but it will happen. Here's something. Here's something. It's gonna look, he's going to be amazing. He's going to have Saquon, who's getting closer to full speed, if not already. He might have Evan speed. Ingram. He's going to have, yeah, I was going to say, he's going to have Ingram. He's going to have Sterling Shepard. If, if, if uh, Golden Tate can come back from his concussion, then he'll have Golden Tate. He's going to have his entire complement of offensive weapons. Darius Slayton's in there, too. There, this is an, this is where we get into the galaxy brain. Like he's got his whole slate. He's gonna blow up. You know when he had all those players though last year. No, he didn't. That's the thing. It <laughs> oh, was what are you so talking about? injured. Who was the Giants? Were so injured. Like each of the last three years, they've been so hurt. The receivers and running backs. Yeah, well, they had Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley. Who? What are you talking about? Who didn't they have? People get hurt. Okay. <laughs> I like how you just condemned me for not backing my shit up with enough stats. And then you no, just said, I got a you feeling have, that Eli Manning's going to play well. Beckham. I have love. I'm heart. This is galaxy heart for Listen, me. Listen, I'm all for the I got a feeling thing. I had the tingly. Did you see Interstellar? I'm going to spoil the plot of Interstellar for everyone. Skip forward if you have not seen it. Love transcends all dimensions. I'm all for that it. That is the ultimate galaxy. It's an interdimensional heart. I, love transcends. Yeah. I mean, I said my spidey senses were tingling for Ertz. I had no reasons. I get it. You just can't come at me for picking Odell and being like, well, why? Where are the numbers? <laughs> Eli Manning. It's going to crush the oh Eagles. I'm telling you. Okay. Let's. What if, he, what if he plays so well that he earns himself another contract? You know what? I would, I would be fine with it. I'm at the point where I've been watching <laughs> Daniel Jones. I just want Eli Manning. Back, do you think that's man? what he's thinking? Like, damn, if I have a good game, maybe I can get signed somewhere next year? Or do you think he's like, yeah, God. stay with the Giants? That's Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman will just be like, I told you guys. See, I was right. Eli Manning can still play. Also, there is a chance this is the worst Eagles secondary Eli's ever played against. That's like in the cards. Just throwing that out there. So there you I mean, go. Yeah, 30, the, the, the Eagles defense has not been good. That's you know what everyone says? Here. 31 times is the charm for Eli Manning against the Eagles. Quick real fantasy question here. Oh. What do you think about Evan Ingram in this game? Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm against it. I mean, it's so hard to trust someone coming back from a foot injury. Yeah. You know, if he plays and you have him, and I mean, tight end's so thin that if your backup has just been awful— you know, you maybe just roll with him because out of hope, but it's really hard to trust someone coming back from a foot injury, especially someone so important to the future of the team. I mean, I would hope that they're not going to. Can we get a big Saquon Barkley game for the love of God? I mean, with the love of God, probably. That's really powerful. Uh, <laughs> for the love of God, will we get a Barkley game? You sound like I'm, someone I'm who has Saquon in a lot of leagues that you missed the playoffs. Uh, in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have him <laughs> in one crucial league that I just barely made the playoffs in. So it'd be great if he could get like a 30 or 40 point game. Well, That's all I'm saying. Good luck with that. All right. Bargain yeah. bin play of the week. You're filling out your lineup, scraping the bottom of the barrel. DK, who are you scraping this week? I like Kyle Rudolph, tight end of the Vikings, going up against the Lions. He's 4,800, which is really, really cheap. He's down there with the likes of Nick Boyle, Ross Dwelly, Foster Moreau, Mercedes Lewis. Like, 
a lot of guys that will get one or zero targets this week. Um, and if you look at his last five, last four or five games, he's been really, really good. He's actually scored a touchdown in five of his last six games. Uh, pretty consistently a part of the game plan over the last six weeks. Uh, week 13, he had a six, uh, six targets, four catches, 50 yards, a touchdown. Week 12, five, five, 67, and one. Week 11, four catches, 14 yards, two touchdowns. Week 10, four catches, 23 yards, and a touchdown. So he's been a big part of the game plan. Kirk Cousins has been looking to him. It's looking like Thielen is going to be out again. He hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday. So we don't know exactly what his status is, but he's been a big kind of he's stepped up with Thielen missing a lot of time. He's kind of like taken over, uh, you know, and gotten more targets. He's definitely a bigger part of the red zone work and stuff. So I like Kyle Rudolph. You know, he's he's not going to get a ton of targets, but he's had that touchdown upside. And for how cheap he is, I really like that. I mean, again, he's down there with some random dudes that aren't going to be like, they're like second team guys. And so, yeah, I just like, I like this for this price. This is about as good of a bargain as you can get. When he caught that like one-handed touchdown against uh, the Seahawks was, the other night, yeah, I was, it was, was like a lifetime culmination of like working on the jugs machine with one. It blew my mind. Yeah, just freaking got the the point of the ball. Just watched it in. Yeah, it was good. Craig, who's your bargain been? Going with the Gronk of South Beach. That's right, Mike Kosicki. I think Gronk is the Gronk. He's of South absolutely Beach. not Gronky <laughs> though. <laughs> definitely Gronk. He's like skinny and. <laughs> Tall. Freak he's like athlete. A volley, he's a volleyball player. <laughs> volleyball literally. Gronk. Mike Kosicki likes yeah. to hurdle more than he likes playing football. He should just be a hurdler. Fine with me. Hurdle into the end zone. So he's the 15th most expensive tight end this week. He's got six plus targets in five straight games. Put up 95 yards on six catches the last time they played the lowly Jets. By the way, that's who they're playing. Number two. He's the number two tight end in air yards behind Travis Kelsey over the past five weeks. Dolphins are good. The Dolphins are the Dolphins are good. You you say Dolphins are good. Zero thoughts on Mike Kosicki <laughs> this week, but I do have thoughts that if the Dolphins beat the Jets, the Dolphins will be two and zero after firing Adam Gase against Adam Gase. Mike Kosicki or Evan Ingram? Do we know for sure? We're recording this I on like Thursday Kisicki. afternoon. What do we know about Evan Ingram's like actual playing status this week? Let me look right now. Fill the time. This is like if you're. In I feel like I need to. I, my, where I'm going with this is I need to see Evan Ingram's Friday practice report. Because if Evan Ingram is not a full, pra- I mean, he has an extra day because the Giants are playing on Monday Night Football. The issue is that if you're playing Evan Ingram on Monday Night Football and then you know doing pregame warmups and it doesn't feel right because it's cold because it's December in the Northeast, then you're screwed because there's no other tight end option because Zach Ertz is definitely owned in the Eagles. So the fear with that is that you have no other option to replace him if you wait till then. That's my issue. He is tentatively expected to play. Yeah, that's that's what scares me. Is I don't think. He's been anything but the Giants offense has been so amazing. It's like Travis Kelsey where he's questionable. You got to play Kelsey. It's like we don't know what he's going to be like, and I wouldn't risk him leaving you with no tight end. Gasicki, it is. Gasicki, it is. You know, did you know Gasicki was literally, I think, the he was like a two sigma or three sigma. I can't remember, but he was absolutely out of his mind athletic at the combine. Like, he jumped Sigma? out of the building. That's why I called him the Gronk, because you say he has been touted for his athleticism. He's just not like Gronk. Yeah, I said Sigma, like uh, standard deviations above whatever, the oh, average. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. No, it's I, a I thing, dude. That. It's it was... a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, there's very, very few guys that are three Sigma. I, I wish I could I wish I could remember. He's Bottom line is, he's a freakish, freakish athlete at tight end. Uh, can jump out of the building. So it's kind of cool to see him finally kind of starting to pan out because he was not good as a rookie. 
and even early on in the season, it kind of looked like he was a bust, but he's looking really a lot better lately. Great bargain. 5400 bucks. My bargain bin, I mean, it was Tannehill, mentioned him. My bargain bin now, Gardner Minshew against the Chargers. Uh, Gardner Minshew, cheaper than Nick Foles this week. <laughs> Relatedly, <laughs> Nick Foles benched for Gardner Minshew. <laughs> the only yeah. quarterback cheaper who's starting, cheaper than Gardner Minshew is Dwayne Haskins. Uh, that's, that's all I ridiculous. need to say. That's, it. Yeah. that's all I got. It's just, it's incredible. Absolutely Wasn't incredible. he, a, he was a low-end QB1 for a, a good stretch of when he was starting. So, yeah, I like this. He's now the QB1 on the Jaguars, which is also which is relatedly. Don't <laughs> put Nick Foles in your lineup this week. Do you guys do you guys like related to all this? Do you guys like DJ Chark and DD Westbrook down the stretch? Like are you confident enough to start those guys in your playoffs? Chark, yes, absolutely. Uh, I have no problem playing DJ Chark. He's been so impressive to me. I he has look, I know he started. Even though he's been slow the last few yes, weeks. Yes, I've yes. Yeah. Because Gardner Minshew the reason one of the reasons that Gardner Minshew is great is because Minshew moves the pocket and they're able, like, even when the Jaguars don't block great, the same reason Leonard Fournette is, like, the second worst yards before contact because their line is so bad. Gardner, Nick Foles is, you know, he has a statue outside the link. He yeah. also is, like, kind of a statue. Can't really move. Gardner <laughs> Minshew, when he is able to dodge all his defenders, is, like, quite literally doubling, sometimes tripling the amount of time Nick Foles would have in the pocket. It's not that Gardner Minshew is like a worldly better. He just is giving his receivers more time to get open. So I think it's very related. That is why Chark has been struggling. And I think Chark will be better. I would not hesitate to play DJ Chark. This this Sunday, if Minshew throws a deep bomb back shoulder to DJ Chark, thank me, like at me, because I, I, I that's like what exactly I think their coolest like connection, Minshew and Chark was... He's just so so good at putting it on Chark's back shoulder, and they did that so many times in that in that stretch where Minshew was playing really really well. And so, yeah, hopefully that will kind of pan out again, and, and Chark will have a big game because I'm I'm starting in one of my leagues and, and really hoping he kind of bounces back. Beautiful, love DJ Chark. All right, let's get to our Fanduel lineup of the week. We're gonna run through. I I really like this one. Very happy. Feeling good this about one. this one. A quarterback. We're just, we're just rolling with the Titans this week. We're all into the Titans. DK, you're, you're the Titans guy here. Do you want to take us through this to start? We're, we're Yeah, we're doing a Titans stack and just hoping for the best. Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, 7,300, going up against Oakland, who ranks 28th against opposing quarterbacks this season. Their defense has not been good. Derrick Henry at running back, and then I'll just skip ahead for our wide receiver three. We're doing A.J. Brown, who is 5,400, very cheap, but he's been playing tons and tons of snaps. He overtook Corey Davis as kind of like the number one guy in that offense. I think he played like 96% of snaps last week or something like that. And so he is, you know, he's definitely a lower volume guy in this offense, but he's a big play waiting to happen. Love A.J. Brown. So we're doing Tannehill, Henry, and Brown this week and just hoping that they just blow Oakland, (laughs) just blow Oakland out. My one issue with this lineup is that Craig has A.J. Brown in our streamer competition of the week and if AJ Brown has a big game then I'm probably going to lose to Craig again and I really want to do that <laughs> otherwise I'm a huge fan of all of this fair Craig fair. you want to take it from there uh, yeah so our second running back after Derrick Henry we got Nick Chubb going up against the Bengals as we stated earlier our two receivers other than AJ Brown are Mike Evans who up and down this is an up week for us and then we got DJ Moore yeah after AJ Brown our tight end is Rudolph the Red Zone Reindeer it's Christmas time. <laughs> I don't think anyone calls come up that. with that. No, that's a thing. 
This is like the oh, okay. third time in this podcast that he's said that we accused him of making it up. If he I made it up, good for me. I absolutely don't remember that. I was I was on Quaaludes the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> You're taking Quaaludes. Check out Wolf of Wall Street, Rewatchables. It just came out. A lot of Quaalude talk. Anyway. We will not podcast sober. Get the ludes. Okay. <laughs> Leonard Fournette is our flex. We all love him. He's our favorite player in the league. And finally, DK. Who was our defense? The Chiefs defense going up against the decrepit Patriots. No, this offense. is a galaxy That's brain. A gal- yeah. <laughs> this is this is a little bit galaxy brain because every time you start to doubt Tom Brady, bad things happen. However, they just have not been good lately. They just have not looked in sync. He's not looked in sync with any of his off uh, of his receivers. You know, Sony Michelle has been very bland and boring, and. The Chiefs' defense, you know, granted, is not very good. However, I just whatever. This is this is as bargain bin as you can get. We went for the gusto on the defense, so we could get other guys in there, and just hoping for a turnover too. I love this. Love the Chiefs. It's defense. definitely love galaxy Leonard. brain. It's though. galaxy brain, but whatever. We're rolling with it. <laughs> Newfound love for the Titans. Old love for Leonard Fournette. But always love for Eli Manning. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you to everyone for listening. But most of all. Thank you to Eli Manning.